go ahead and everyone's already seated down mostly. Uh, go ahead and grab a seat. What's going on, guys? If we haven't met, my name is Steven Rice. I serve as the director here of Salt Company. It's been fun hanging out with you guys this summer. Uh, yeah, what's going on? I look a little different than I did in uh, that hype video or whatever. I lost more hair up here, grew it more on the sides, grew it on the face a little bit. We need to shave a little bit. Hey, if you got a Bible, uh, go ahead and open up to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be somewhat, I'm going to try to finish the book today. This is our last summer salt. Thank you guys for being here. If this is like your first experience with Salt Company, we just want to say, man, thanks for hanging out with us this summer. This is just a little taste of what Salt Company is like uh, in the regular like fall year. Like we meet here on Thursday nights. We'll meet in connection groups around Gainesville throughout the week. We've got conferences, retreats, and uh, really excited about a lot of stuff coming up this fall in store for you guys. And But, man, we're glad that we took advantage this summer to meet together, to hang out. Hopefully you've been able to meet some people and jump into the Word. It's been fun. So I know God's been teaching me a lot this summer. So Philippians chapter 4, we're going to finish that out. If I, if I was to ask you right now to hand me your phone, okay, like right now, and I was to look at your Instagram feed, thanks for volunteering, if I was to look at your Instagram feed, all right, you're like, where is this going? This is going to get real sketch. What would be the first advertisement that popped up? You know what I'm talking about? Like you jump on your feed and it's like you can't even get to three people that you want to follow before like you're just bombarded with ads. What's the first ad that you would see? Skincare. For me, hair loss treatment. Hair loss treatment. <laughs> And I was going to say something else, is, is, is like breast pump machines. Because I'm having a child, that's just, here go, let me give you some context here, I'm so sorry. I'm having a child this October, I'm having a baby boy. Thank you, thank you. Coming, coming to you this October, Amos Benjamin Rice. He's going to be my son. He is my son. Anyways, that's why I'm a bunch of random baby stuff on Instagram. Isn't that creepy how, like, you're just like, I'm not even pregnant, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're talking about a bunch of pregnant stuff with your wife. Let me give you an ad for stuff that I, I'm not going to buy a breast pump machine. That's her. Go to her phone. Don't get out of my phone, people, thing, ad, whoever those people are. Anyways, here's the point. There's people's jobs like millions and millions of dollars pumped in to these companies that try to design advertisements and like ways to get into your space to try to sell you something, specifically targeted just for you. It's insane how they know like, oh, this is the thing that you're going to want. And they even know when you're most susceptible to want it. It's insane. Like, I get Taco Bell ads, like, at 12 o'clock at night because they know I'm just susceptible to that. They, they know that's how to get me, right? Here, here's the point of all of this. They want you to, like, change your circumstance. They want to give you something that you think will change your life, change your circumstance, and from that it will bring some type of happiness in your life or some type of contentment. They're selling you, like, Hey, your life is not filled. It's not content. Here's what you need. Boom. New skincare routine. 
hair loss treatment, new shoes, new surfboard, like whatever it is. Like they're just pumping this into you because they're telling you your life, we know you're not content, but if you had this, then finally you would be content. And tonight we're actually going to see Paul, the apostle, actually challenge this idea. And he's going to tell us something that's radically countercultural in our life. Like, what if changing your circumstance, like, what if changing things about your life would never bring contentment? What if changing your circumstance would never actually bring you contentment in life? Paul's going to challenge us not to find contentment in changing our circumstance, but something else. And so we're going to read this in Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 10. So let's go ahead and just read this passage. We're going to read uh, 10 through the end of the chapter, and, uh, and then we'll talk about it. Paul says this, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need for I've learned the secret I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance I find myself. For I both know how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. Verse 13, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Still... You did well by partnering with me. And you Philippians, we're just going to go ahead and finish so that we feel accomplished in life. And you Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except for you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent gifts for my needs several times. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing in your account. But I've received everything in full and I have in abundance, I am fully supplied, received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a a fragrant offering, acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, and my God will supply all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Should we finish the last two verses? Yeah, let's do it. Greet every saint, every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Paul, let's, let's give a little context. If you, you might not remember, we've been going through the book of Philippians. This guy named Paul who is a Christian, or he wasn't a Christian, he was um, a, a Jewish rabbi, a Pharisee, who was converted into Christianity, he used to kill Christians, then became a Christian after he had this experience on a road with Christ. Christ radically just showed up and changed his life, and he became a missionary to all these different cities, bringing the gospel to these places, sharing the good news of Jesus, saying like, hey, Jesus changed my life. He is Lord. He is who he says he was. We need to turn away from our sin and believe in him because he is Lord, and he would travel from city to city, starting these little groups of followers of Jesus. This was brand new, and they saw this movement of the gospel spread. And at one point, Paul got thrown into prison. You guys remember this? 
and he's in prison, and that's actually where he's writing this letter. He's in prison writing a letter to this small little group of Jews, kind of like this room. It would be kind of like, like, look around the room for a sec. Like, it would be like a group like this, chilling in Philippi, and some dude rolls up and be like, hey, we got a letter from Paul. He's in prison. He's given us some encouragements and an update. So they would take the letter, and they would just read it out loud. And here's what Paul says, and they would just read this letter. And what we see from Paul, who is in house arrest, he's thanking these people. He's like, hey, I'm in prison, but thank you for sending me supplies. Because jail is a little, like prison is a little bit different back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day. They wouldn't like have these like nice little trays that they give you with like jello and meals and stuff. Like back then, you like you didn't have food. You were just like in prison, didn't give you food. The way to like survive is that people had to sponsor you. They had to support you as your time as just locked in jail, or you would starve and die and you would run out of clothes and you couldn't shower. So like people had to do it. So what the church at Philippi did was gather this big collection of like money and resources and food and clothes and they sent it with this dude named Epaphroditus to go give it to Paul. So Paul is writing them a letter being like, hello, thank you for what you've given to me. But he gives us some incredible insight when we talk about this idea of contentment when we talk about, like, we don't have to change our circumstances, he gives us this incredible look into his life of where he finds contentment. So let's look again. Look at verse 10. Because this is just mind-blowing. Look at this, verse 10. It says this. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly because you once again renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned with me, concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. So he's saying, thank you for sending this. Like, now you have an opportunity to show that you care about me. But look at verse 11. Look at the start of this. I don't say this out of need. What? Dude, you're in prison. Like, how are you going to get food and, like, what do you mean you don't need this? You need us, right? Like, if it wasn't for the Philippian church, he would have starved in jail and he would have died. What do you mean you don't say this out of need? Last Christmas, I, uh, had this incredible idea from an ad that I saw on Instagram. It was these, you know those like colorblind glasses? Have you ever seen those? No, there's like, it's for colorblind people that like, they're not like glasses that make you colorblind would be the point of that. It's like for colorblind people. Come on, guys, let's go. I know it's summer. My dad's colorblind, okay? So I saw this video of this, like, this boy giving his dad these glasses, and he's just like, oh, I can see colors for the first time. And I'm like, yes, I want that. I want my dad to cry. He's going gonna to be the best son in the world. So I, like, gathered up a bunch of money for my siblings. That sucker's like 270 bucks. So I bought him these glasses, and, like, we gave it to him. And he's like, I'm like, here it comes. Get the video camera out. Freaking tears on the way. Best son in the world. He puts them on. Nothing. He's like, what are they supposed to do? And I'm like, yeah, isn't that so sad? Imagine me. I spent 270 bucks on these things. Man. It didn't react the way that I thought he would to this gift. Like, oh, this is going to be so special. We read here, like, the Philippian church sacrificially gives a lot of money to a guy named Paul who's in prison. And Paul writes back and goes, thanks. Not that I need it. <laughs> like, 
what? What do you mean you didn't need it? You're in prison. But Paul isn't being like rude here. He's not being a jerk. He's not being ungrateful. He's actually showing them something that is like wild, that, that our culture just struggles so much with. And that's this. Continue in verse 11. I don't say this out of need. For, this is why he doesn't need their gift. For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I find myself in. I know both how to make do with little and know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. He says, thank you so much for the gift, but I don't need it. Because I've got a secret. I've got a secret to being content. So it gets us to Philippians 4.13. He goes, I've learned the secret of being content. Here's what it is. I've got a secret. Being content. Here's what it is. Philippians 4.13. And maybe you know this verse. Tim Tebow wore it on his eye line. You know, the little things football players wear under their eyes. It's a Tim Tebow verse. It's on the statue. It's probably in one of your Instagram bios right now. <laughs> Philippians 4.13. This is the secret of being content. You know this verse. Some of you know this verse. Maybe it's new to you. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Man, what a verse. This is the secret of being content. This is, this is the secret to like having contentment in life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. Does that mean like right now, like you can walk out, have a blank check from God? To like do whatever you want and he will give you the strength and ability to do it. Like are some of you from this verse tonight, I'm wondering like, you read this verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I wonder if some of you, one of you guys tonight is going to like roll up to the gym tonight. And like, Shoot. You're going to like walk up to the cutest girl you see and you're going to like whisper and you be like, I got a secret. I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. And then you're going to put 300 pounds on a bench. <laughs> or maybe one of you are going to like leave tonight and you're going to think like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't have to study. <laughs> and you're going to roll up to your exam next week. And you're going to like say a quick prayer right before you take an exam. Be like, hey, well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what's going to happen in both of those situations? You're going to fail. <laughs> On the bench, you're going to fail, and in your exam, you're going to fail. And I'm going to laugh at you, and so will Jesus. <laughs> because that's not the point of this. That's not what he means. Is it about athletics? Is it about your career or, like, your ability to just, like, muster physical strength or your ability to get a girlfriend and you're just, I can do all things through Christ. Like, What's the point of this verse? Because this isn't what Paul is talking about. It's like physical strength. He's trying to show them that there is not something or someone, another experience or another circumstance that you need in your life to make you content. It's not just another circumstance. It's not a object, it's not a 
person in your life that is going to be like the thing that you've just been waiting for to just make you content in life, to make you filled. Paul learned and experienced the secret to contentment. Have you? Have you learned it? Like right now, if you were to take like just like a survey of your life, would you say, I am content? I know it's hard for some of you students who are like super ambitious, but like, do you find yourself always needing something? Are you content? Would you say that you live a content life? When the world tells you that like you don't have enough, like when they try to advertise you and say, oh, you need this. Like if I just... If I just had this thing or this money, then I would finally be happy. If I could just have that car, if I could just have this amount of money in the bank. Or maybe it's not something that you don't have, but maybe like when the world tells you like you, you aren't enough. That if you need to live up to this certain, I mean, if you just looked this way, if you just lived this type of lifestyle, if you were just this successful, Or maybe it's you haven't done enough. You need to be more, achieve more. Listen, circumstances in your life will change. You will have plenty of points in your life that will be good and they'll suck and they'll be hard, but they'll be beautiful because life is good and beautiful and hard and it can suck sometimes. Listen, your circumstances are always going to change. but we need something that is like constant. We need to find the thing that is actually going to fill our life, something that's going to bring us contentment because our circumstances are always changing. We're always needing something more. We're always wanting something more. There's got to be something. Uh, Aug- uh, Augustine, sorry, I, couldn't, I was going to say St. Augustine. Augustine says our souls are restless until they find rest in God. Something that our hearts are longing for. And Paul knows that it's not until you truly understand what Jesus has done for you and who he is now until everything changes. It's finally, in your life, the secret of being content is when you see the beauty of who Jesus is, that he came to bring a new kingdom on this earth. Not a kingdom of brokenness and suffering, but a a kingdom of of beauty and redemption and restoration and wholeness. And that he did this by coming to, to save you, to die for your sins, to live the life that you couldn't live. And he died for you to save you so that you could be made right with God and you could be filled with the Holy Spirit. To now experience a new life that has relationship with God and the power to live to obey Christ and obey God. To receive forgiveness and grace. To have an eternal hope. To see Jesus as Lord and your Savior. And to turn away from like this brokenness and your sin and to just to trust Him. It's when that happens. When you see Him as the most beautiful thing in your life. When you see him as the true contentment will be the first time in your life that you experience true contentment. It's when you see Christ for who he is. 
you will find, like, when you, when you actually, like, surrender your life to Christ, like, when you, when you give your life to God, you will surrender your life and lose your life. Paul says in another letter, like, the old me has passed away, it's dead. You'll lose your life, but you know what you gain? You gain everything. You gain a new identity. You gain peace with God as a forgiven child. You understand that? Like, you don't, in Christ, you don't have to try to earn the forgiveness of God anymore. You have it freely. Paid for by his own son, by his own blood. And now, with your new identity filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with new life, you're given a new heart that actually loves and desires the things of God. Not only are you given a new identity, you're given a new community, a new family, like a crew around you that acts as a family to love and support you. In Christ, you get a new place to belong. Where people see you not as a, an object, but as an image bearer of God, and they love and support you, encourage you to continue to walk with Christ for the rest of your life. You not only gain a new community, you gain new purpose. Why are you here in the world? Man, when you truly see who Christ is, you begin to see that we were made to glorify God. And now in Christ we have redemption and we can actually live out our purpose to glorify God with your skills and abilities, your careers, your life can now be used with a new purpose to bring God glory, to spread the news of that Jesus has come to set sinners free. This is a new purpose in life. I have a meaning to wake up in the morning. And we have a new power, the presence of God continually dwelling in us through his spirit. When you truly know Jesus, that is when you will truly know contentment. And Paul knew Jesus. He knew this Jesus, the true Jesus. And so he knew that he could endure whatever life threw his way. Anything that he faced in life, any circumstance that he faced in life, he knew that he had contentment because he knew who Christ was. And so again, I ask you, have you learned the secret of being content? Have you found in Christ that soul-level satisfaction, the contentment to know that you are loved, forgiven, given a purpose, a family, a place to belong? You have the ability to have peace with God. You don't have to fear death. You don't have to fear the future. And do you have that type of soul-level satisfaction? Do you live a content life in Christ? I sure don't, but I'm trying. I don't always live like I am content in Christ. And I think, guys, if we're just, like, cutting through it, like, I think that's the most encouraging part of this text for us. As Paul says this, I have learned the secret to contentment. He didn't just like light bulb switch. He says in any and every circumstance, I have learned. That is like an active thing that is going on. I have like learned in every circumstance, which means what? He had to go through any and every circumstance and learn the thing that he already knew. Like he already knew the secret to contentment that 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But every time a new situation came up, a new temptation, a new thing that was like, hey, you need this in your life, Paul was able to know, I, I know the secret, of, I just have to relearn it. In any, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret to contentment. And I think that's the most encouraging thing for us. Because often, I would say, like, if we took a poll right now and we're like, hey, are you living a content life? We'd be like, shoot. But this is something that, like, we can learn, like, starting now. We can learn the secret to contentment. Christ is available right now for us to be like, okay, I, I want, I desire to make you my all. And so when we feel like, oh, man, I, I need this thing or I don't live up or I'm not valuable or how will I ever get past this situation or like, ah, I just, I'm really desiring this thing that I want in life that I just like, ah, like I'm so discontent. We can remind ourselves time and time again of like what we have, not what we don't have in this world, but what we have in Christ. To find the strength to be truly content, it comes from like learning to cherish who Christ is and Christ alone. I'm curious, like, man, what, what is the world? What is the world, like right now, telling you, like, what do you need to have or be or do to be content, to find true happiness? A couple things I thought was like, man, just like money. Like if I just had like, then I could, if I was just like a really famous YouTuber, like blogger, and I could just have this huge mansion, and like, and then I would be set. Like I'd be content. I'd give a bunch of money to the church. Don't worry. It's like, we always just like, there's this idea of like riches. If we just had this, then, well, then I could be generous. Then I could be content. Then I'd be well off. I wouldn't worry about the future if I just had money. And this is just like an idol. It's just soaked in our culture. And what we'll find is, like, the rest of the chapter, like, that we talked about in chapter 4, and I'm going to finish here, is about, like, money. Paul is just saying, like, hey, thanks for sending money to me, like, to help me spread the good news of Jesus. And so when we think of, like, man, how do we, like, combat this idol of money, Paul is just like, hey, thank you for, for like, giving up like this idol of money to let it go towards like, man, this greater good. And so I, I think what we need to do like in different situations is not just like, hey, what is the thing that is presenting that I need this, but how do I combat this, you know? Like not only do I, should I not like partake in just like dwelling, in my, well, how do I actually resist that? Man, the way to resist greed is like, I'm going to be generous. And see how God is actually going to be everything I need by being generous. I think money is, and I think comfort for college students is, is this thing. It's like, oh man, what you need to be content as life is just to like be comfort. To have your friends, your crew, your schedule, everything like so impact where it's just, oh man, you're comfortable. We see Paul's constantly just moving around from city to city. Giving up his life, giving up his, he's in jail. He's not very comfortable. Giving up his comfort. Man, because he knew that a content life came from following Christ, and that didn't necessarily mean comfort. So he 
sacrifice comfort to go be a part of this mission of God. And so, man, I'm wondering for you, like, is comfort something that's, like, offering you contentment? Like, who, what do you need to do to be uncomfortable this week? Who do you need to go talk to? Who do you need to become friends with? What is something you need to do? Who, what's a relationship you need to build? Maybe taking that conversation just a little bit further spiritually. Bringing up Jesus to one of your friends. Man, what? Or is contentment in your mind found of comfort? The last thing I thought was just like control. If we think that we can control our life exactly how we want it to be, setting up the future, knowing what we're going to do, who we're going to marry, where we're going to live, this is going to be my life. We want to control. Well, then, man, if I just had control of things, then I would be content. This isn't what Paul shows us. He lives in complete surrender to the will of God. And what do you need to let go of? What do you need to let go of when it comes to control? What do you need to trust God with and show that your contentment comes wherever he's leading you? Paul says, I've learned the secret to contentment. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man, it's insane. Reminds me of that verse that Josiah taught on, Philippians 3, verse 8, where Paul says this, I remember, I consider everything to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Consider it all to be a loss. He's found the secret. He's found everything his heart's ever wanted. It's in Christ. Because when you lose everything, you lay your life down and decide to follow Jesus. When you lose everything and gain Christ, you lose nothing and gain everything your heart could ever want. Let's pray.